G'day, Warren's calling. Sure. Hello, Warren. Hello. Happy, uh, happy Halloween special to you, my friend. Oh, thanks very much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, I don't know where you are, but it's a spooky night where I am because uh, there's only one street light on for some reason where I am currently, and it's got an ominous kind of glow over the car or slash studio that I'm in at the moment. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect, mate. That's so my plan worked. I'm uh, I'm ripe for the murdering, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now, hang on a second. Just let's clarify this. As the perpetrator or the victim, would you like to be? Uh, both, actually. So, <laughs> well, which which equates to being a suicide, obviously. But uh... <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought we'd come back to that. <laughs> Um, Great. Yeah, we're doing a, doing a little Halloween special. It's a few days out. It's, uh, what is it, this Friday? We're recording on the Monday, but Friday, or is it Saturday that's Halloween here? One on of Friday. them, mate. One of them. It's is the 31st, whatever yeah, that day ends up being. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we thought we'd do a little bit of a Halloween spooky special. We did do a, another spooky episode way back when in episode... 13, but that wasn't related to Halloween. That was just uh, for the... No, that was because it was number 13. Back then, it was special to even get to 13. Yeah, now which episode is this, Warren? episode 13? What episode is this we're up to? This is episode 80, everybody. Fuck me in the arse, Warren. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this is the Halloween special. That's the next one, mate. That's the title of the next one. That's our private one. getting the plan all messed up, yeah. 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 Uh, Uh, So, yeah, so tonight we're going to have a few stories, ghost stories, scary stories. Um, Warren's come up with the idea of having two-sentence uh, ghost stories or or horror stories, which I think was pretty cool. Um, and well, gonna... I'll, I'll clarify, that's not my idea. It's your idea, it was just... fella. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get that across there because the guys who invented them sitting there right now listening go, they want to just a fucking second. Fuck you guys. <laughs> my idea. <laughs> Uh yeah, I think that'd be cool though. And we've got um we've got the return of what would you do if um but it's going to be uh spooky related, I suppose. Would you call it? Yes. Uh yes, yes indeed. Well, yeah. you know, it'll have some some element to it that's going to be spooky. Yeah, so it should be fun. I uh, just wanted to uh reference I uh painstakingly, mind you, put together all the snippets of the um Fly on the Wall podcast investigates. Uh, the story so far. I've put that together. Um, had a few listens already. I uh, just want to, if people aren't aware of it, you can listen. It's the episode before this one. So between 79 and 80, there's a little secret episode in there called Fly on the Wall Podcast Investigates the Story So Far, all about our friend Ernst Vollmer, a.k.a. Dr. Colin North. Um, yeah. Did you ever listen to it, Warren? I did, mate. It's all very serious and intense, but can I say, extremely professional. <laughs> and I think I wouldn't I think say you extremely did wonderful... professional, but I, I okay. I'd say reasonably, all right, fairly professional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It took a while to put together, actually, like to get all the bits and edit it and put the music. Yeah, anyway, it was um, it was quite the task, but uh, I promised the good people at home, and I fucking delivered. So yeah. Well. I'd have to say, from a fly on the wall podcast perspective, because you do produce uh, another podcast as well, I would say, in terms of our podcast, that is the best production 
values so far. Oh, really? Across the whole episode. Yeah, for sure. Are you, and mocking, clearly, me? Are you mocking me? No. No. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm being actually very serious. I think that uh, as a cohesive piece of work, yeah, you went you went back and took all those other pieces oh, and then nice. joined them together. And rather than just being a sort of um, chop, chopped up kind of minced meal, uh, messy kind of, patchwork thing it actually had a nice seamless feel so each part just sort of morphed into the next one and it's a little bit of background music just to carry it through and yeah i thought okay. you did a great job mate so highly, look guys from an internal perspective <laughs> go have a look at it i highly recommend a listen the guy i do enjoy doing that stuff but this one yeah it was a lot to i didn't realize how many little snippets and segments we had uh, for Fly on the Wall Podcast Investigates. But, yeah, it was fun. But, yeah, so go check it out, guys. But um, let's uh, go to a short break and we'll come back with uh, – Let's. I reckon we start with the um, the two-sentence horror stories. What do you reckon? Just get us in the mood, you reckon? Yeah, just to get warm us, a bit, us up. a bit excited. Yeah, tickle our nipples. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll let's be back in a, in a chicken. Hello there, I'm Dimsky from Belgium, and people always tell me I'm a piece of shit. So when the boys at the Star Wars Sessions told me about the Fly in the Wall podcast, I reckoned shit equals fly. So now I've found these two fucking turds who are even worse than me, and I've finally found something to listen to while I'm masturbating. So to all the listeners out there, stick around. We're in. Uh, okay, would you like to go first? So this is two-sentence horror stories uh, designed to incite fear into the listener. Go, Warren. Should we do <laughs> Should we do one for one, like you do one, I do one? Okay. All right, yeah, just to, you know, mix it up a bit. <laughs> These are the couple that were actually online. So there's three that were online. Yep. And two of my own. You've got a couple too. So we'll go back and forth, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. This one's called Knock. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. <laughs> Thought-provoking. I like it. I like it. I'm guessing straight off the mark, I'm guessing yours are going to be more of a highbrow and mine will be way, way down lowbrow. Um, well, not necessarily, but often they've got like a slight twist in them. So Yeah, well, mine have got know, a twist, yep. Yeah, well, that's all right then. I think that's more the point. Spooky okay, okay. with... I think mine are just as scary as well. Um, okay, ready? Yep. So this is two sentence horror stories. Yes. I woke up with cum in my ass, and I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> well, that was completely unexpected, but. Uh... Be surprised. <laughs> Shooting back over to you, Big Wes. Oh, jeez. All right. Now, this has got nothing to do with the tone of this last one. She was stiff and cold in my arms. Then the doll blinked. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. That is actually pretty creepy. I like yours. I like yours. Mine are ridiculous. Yours are actually kind of eerie. Um, oh, that's okay. Contrast, mate. Was it a blow-up doll? 
No, I don't know. Leave that to the listener. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. I watch American politics every day. I'm not American. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky! <laughs> Have fun trying to work that one out, Yeah, mister. cryptic. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting over the first one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I felt my skin crawl. Then I saw the head of the worm push through. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually quite horrifying, that one. Have you heard the stories, and I I believe it's probably all urban legend of, like, you know, um, earwigs and millipedes and stuff crawling into ears and then laying eggs and then an infestation of little critters crawl out of people's ears? Have you heard those stories? Yeah, yeah, they're true, mate. Yeah, so that's what – you reckon it's true? Yeah, for sure, because there's um, there's often a case of particularly quite small um, parasites – that if they find the right host, they actually develop into quite a large parasite. So they might go in there almost barely visible to the naked eye. Oh, okay. But when they emerge, they're actually more of like a, yeah, millipede or, yeah, it's pretty see, freak. See, that makes sense if they're that small going in there. But, like, I've heard stories of earwigs and spiders and stuff going in there. And surely well, if, you'd know if, if that was happening. Well, if you're asleep and camping, like, you know, out in the wilds or you're on some sort of safari or adventure, and, yeah, it was no more than, say, it felt a bit like a mozzie bite on the ear. Yeah. And then it was just, it kind of prevailed a bit. Like, it just was persistent. It kept itching a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, you could really get anything from it. It was just itchy. Yeah, I guess And then so. all of a sudden, one day, you've got a slight swelling, and it erupts, and these fucking creatures come crawling out. I guarantee mean, I guarantee we've got a listener out there who, you know, when you tell a story like that, you say, yeah, yeah, like there's an earwig and it crawled in and, and then someone's always got to outdo it. I reckon there's someone out there go, yeah, well, mate, I, I was camping and I had a taipan slither into my head and lay eggs inside my fucking head. <laughs> there's always one. There's always one. Whose turn is it? My turn? Yeah, it's your turn, mate. Again, so mine, not so highbrow, but... um. Here we go. Shut. Everyone in my house has their period at the same time, including me. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky! (laughs) Yours have got kind of um, slight... I think if you if you could do it as like a bit of a I don't know like a theatrical performance, <laughs> performance pieces, right. you could make them like black comedy kind of specials where yeah, there's these little skits and they're kind of spooky but they're funny. That, yeah. That's the one. Okay. Okay. Yep. Which is probably perfect for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. True. True. This is one of mine. Uh, Her mouth was open and the pupils huge with fear. The guillotine blade rose again as her head toppled into the basket. Oh, again. Yeah, that's uh, that key word there again is is scary shit. (laughs) So you wrote that one, did you? Yeah, I wrote that one. Oh, I like that one. Have you got more of your own? I've got one more. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll do my last one. Now, this is a uh, actually another classic urban legend. Um, so this one wasn't written by me. All the others were, but this one isn't. Okay. 
I ate I if, Sorry? I wonder if we can tell. Well, it's still the same sort of lowbrow. <laughs> uh, and it goes like this. I ate a whole tub of ice cream. There was a human shit at the bottom. <laughs> Spooky! Spooky! <laughs> <laughs> and go, Big Wes, your, your written, own written one. Go. Dirt showered down upon the box for what seemed like hours. And then the silence. The silence. The silence. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I like that one. Very uh, atmospheric. I like that one. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's try and do one off the cuff, Warren. I know you love this kind of shit. Um, where I say a sentence and then you say the finishing line and then you can start the sentence and I'll finish the line, if you know what I mean. Shit, man. All right, so I'll start. Um Oh, fucking hell, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I could hear the screaming even though I covered my ears. <laughs> um, and then I woke up. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's good. That, that's that's enough. All right, you shoot, shoot. That'll get you past it, Warren. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Any longer silence there and I would have fucking hung up. But go. <laughs> We've Wait, lost uh... Warren. We've lost Warren. He's passed out. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I lost my way in the darkened trees of the forest and at the same time lost my virginity (laughs) (laughs) I think think they're getting worse and we better leave them there eh Warren and we go to a quick break and we'll come back with more horrific horrific shit okay Okay, how are you today? Don't fucking care, mate. Fuck I'm missing a fine little podcast. Fuck off, fuck off. So you know how I like to post things on Instagram, Warren? Yes, mate. Fly on the wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words. I was looking for a Halloween one, and what I thought would be a really cool, scary picture is a pumpkin-type creature carving out a human head, but I couldn't find one. I'm sure there must be something like that out there somewhere, but I couldn't find one. I just thought that's cool because obviously we all love, well, we don't do it, but in America, I know it's big. They buy a pumpkin, carve it out and, you know, um, cut a a scary face into it. I just thought what a a creepy thing of this pumpkin type scarecrow kind of creature carving out the brains of of an actual severed head. Well, I guess what they've gone for is you've gone from one extreme to the other. Your your two sentence horror stories were playful and fun. And <laughs> yeah. then, why can't I find a, a nice picture of a pumpkin headed horror, you know, murderer carving out a, a human head? Like, why not? So I think what I'll do is dress up as a pumpkin scarecrow yeah. and then cut someone's fucking head off and carve out the brains myself and take a photo <laughs> from Instagram. <laughs> Uh, what are we going to chat about now, big fella? We've got, uh, I've got some bits and bobs. I've got some stories. Um, I've got some, tr- well, 
when I say true stories, I've, I do have a couple of true stories, but then I've got, you know, stories from friends and family as well that they've, they've heard and that kind of thing. But then I've got some more classic type ghost stories as well. But what do you want to start with? Okay, well, I thought maybe just because we introed with those fun little uh, two sentences. <laughs> yeah, they were good. That we just talked briefly about the, the early days of Halloween and where it came from. I don't oh, know yeah, if you beauty. looked. Yeah, shoot. I, I didn't do any research on that, so I'll be all ears. Well, this is, look, it's fairly short. I tried to keep it a bridge. But basically, Halloween was uh, originally like a Christian holiday. Okay. Uh, it was also known as All Hallows Day or Hallows Eve. Right. And several other names as well. Uh, and it's been traced back to the, I think it does go back further, but it's been the the traditions of Halloween have traced back to the late 16th century, dressing up and travelling house to house, reciting verses or songs for food. Uh, and often it was uh, by impersonating the spirits of the dead by, you know, dressing up. So it was believed in some European cultures to represent a night where the dead rise for a wild, hideous carnival called the Dance Macabre. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so they would actually dress as departed spirits. So I guess that's where that spooky element comes from. And it was a way of both appeasing them but also driving them away because oh, you're okay. making such a hullabaloo by having this celebration that it keeps them away. <laughs> hullabaloo. <laughs> ah, all right, granddad. <laughs> You've got to bring in the old terms, Gary. Hullabaloo. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, so, so what like sparked it? Was there something? Was there some reason why they went? Oh, you know what? We've really got to scare the ghosts off by dressing up as ghosts. Like, was, was there some sort of cataclysmic thing, some catalyst? You know, uh, that started or what? I think uh, just a practice that uh, I think it was traced back to uh, Celtic. Um, oh, okay. Like you know, practicing of, of their sort of rituals and so on, where, you know, a lot of that attitude back, you know, refer back to our uh, dying and death and rebirth episodes yeah. back in the 50s there, um, where we discussed the kind of uh, various rituals across the globe for respecting the dead. And I think this was just one night of the year, uh, probably at a certain date on the calendar, like obviously this end of October, but, yeah. you know, a certain year where you celebrate and also recognise the spirits of the, your dead ancestors and also the ones that are still in some sort of limbo. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's, I think, the thought that uh, the Christian church actually took those pagan rituals and sort of slightly adapted it into the more contemporary idea of Halloween without the commercialism. <laughs> but, you know, the idea that you dress up and have a celebration, make it a celebration and a feast yeah. and something where you mark that occasion, um, even though it is a little bit macabre, but, yeah, you mark it in a more celebratory way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's got its roots back there, but also the, the jack-o'-lantern itself. Oh, yeah, I was going to uh, ask, what's the relevance of the pumpkin? Well, it, for the exact same reason, so to almost represent some of these spiritual uh, ancestors, and then some of them, I think it's seen that some of the dead or some of the, the people that are only recently deceased were in limbo. So you were warding them off and also kind of paying respects to them before they went to either heaven or hell. Yeah. <laughs> but jack-o'-lanterns were seen as, I guess, warding them off, representing them, but also warding them off. 
Which I'm glad. That, I'm glad they went with a pumpkin because it wouldn't really have the same sort of ring to it if they got like a turnip or a potato well, or something. Be funny you should say that. Okay, yeah. Because the Irish oh. actually made theirs. <laughs> a potato. Yeah, they do everything with a potato, though, don't they? They build their houses out of potatoes. Turnip. I'll turn it. Okay, okay. This particular one, that's where it's like, oh, Jack and Auntie, made out of a turnip. Is that because so, they can't afford pumpkins? <laughs> <laughs> Hello to all our Irish listeners. <laughs> I think turnips were actually a more common, um, a more common. And then also, have you ever heard of this vegetable before? A mangle wurzel. Uh, no, but I'd like to meet him. <laughs> well, it's actually, it looks like it's some kind of turnip. It looks like it's like from the parsnip and turnip family. Yeah. It's got the same sort of appearance. But, yeah, it's called the mangelwurzel. But it's also known as the root of scarcity. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's like some um, travelling entrepreneur who's basically doled up a, a turnip and sort of tried to spruik it as some kind of new fandangled uh, uh, vegetable um, called the the mangle wurzel and been like, no, 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 you've had turnip before, I'm sure, folks, but this mangle wurzel will give you better vision and better stamina in the bedroom. Well, who knows? Maybe that's exactly how they market it. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, – and then, of course, a lot of those – those core traditions have, have stayed right up till today. And, yes, there's different degrees of how far people go, but, yeah, the carving of jack-o'-lanterns and the, the dressing up and, and going from house to house for trick or treating, it actually had a different title, but I didn't write it down in my little notes. Did you – um, Did you? what's the relevance of the month uh, being October 31st, or the date? What, what, what was the relevance of that? Did you know? I think it just takes place on, on a part of the calendar, like like where they have Midsummer's Eve or they have Guy Fawkes Night and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I was going to say, because I remember in England, um, it coincided, Halloween coincided with Guy Fawkes Night, which was, I believe, the end of October as well. And we'd yes. sort of have the two things going on. There'd be the Halloween and then we'd get all the um, the fireworks and have a bonfire and all the sparklers and all that kind of thing to basically celebrate the dude that went to try and blow up Parliament houses. <laughs> Bless him. Pardon? Whether it was celebrate that or it was uh, it was called that, and then it was actually a way of um, marking a point in the year where I guess the end of October in the northern hemisphere is the end of uh, autumn, going into winter, isn't it? Yeah, end of fall. Yep. Yeah, so I guess it's it's marking the calendar before it probably got quite uncomfortable in terms of being outside and everything. So you'd have a big party and have a big fire, a big bonfire, kind of purge a lot of the waste and everything and have a celebration, um, fireworks and so on. So Guy Fawkes actually, Guy Fawkes Night did become a more popular holiday in England, for example. Yeah, I, I, like it was definitely on the calendar for us. We, we celebrated it every year. And we'd always have, um, which sounds very pagan, very barbaric in a way, actually. We'd always make this kind of scarecrow um, character, which I guess he was the guy. And then uh, we'd put him on a post in the middle of the bonfire and set fire to him. (laughs) And then the weird part was, like, me and the family and stuff would all take our clothes off and dance around naked around the fire. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to some 
goddess of evil, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it got even weirder when like we'd have the sparklers up our ass, and oh man, it just got pretty wild back in England. Let me tell you, when I was a kid. So, so dear listeners, I'll I'll let you decide where that story blends from fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking, oh, is that all you've got on the, on the on the history of Halloween? Well, all I thought I'd refer to, though, just because yeah. you did bring Instagram before and you're trying to search for that picture, yeah. was um, a fantastic page that you actually put me onto, my dear friend, called History Cool Kids, which is all one word. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a photo gallery of so, some Halloween costumes of past, you know, bygone eras. And they were... Proper fucking scary. Like, yes, okay, it's black and white photography as well. So yeah, it's that's always of, going to be creepy, especially when it's more sepia. That's creepy. That's right. So, look, it's automatically more scary. But if you're interested in uh, in history anyway, it's a good page to, to uh, follow and have a look at because it's got some great random facts about all sorts of stuff. But... Uh, this little gallery of the Halloween costumes was good, like, because they've got the... Um, they're sort of like human dolls because the masks that they made look they were, they were paper mache and you know molded from from stuff so they were quite simplistic but they did look like dolls oh, that's cool. so they were a bit um, there was one there was one that they had like it was like they must have been sacks or something on their heads but they they went forward so far that they looked like a, a long rat's nose oh okay yep Either they painted and decorated them, they, it looked really spooky in the kind of half-light of the picture. <laughs> yeah, it does sound creepy. Yeah, there were a couple of really motley, dirty, scarecrow-looking ones where they were just wearing a bunch of bags and they were really filthy. That just looked like they were serial killers hiding out in a cornfield. Yeah. Uh, and then there were a couple of others involving masks where, you know, they looked somewhere between like a human baby and a... Some kind of murderous doll. Oh so, yeah, like the ventriloquist, ventriloquist type doll. Yeah. yeah. So that Halloween of I reckon I wouldn't have gone out much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have in if I saw them walking around the neighbourhood. But yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting look anyway because that's probably early twentieth century um, through to the you know twenties, thirties, forties maybe. So what was um, the what was the handle for the Instagram again there, Warren? So it was History Cool Kids, all one word, so as it sounds, basically. History Cool Kids. Hey, uh, talking of scarecrows and cornfields and such, um, I don't know if you heard this story. I won't give too much away, but there was, uh, you know, Wyala, Victoria, Warren, regional Victoria? There was uh, many, many years ago, back in the 60s, I think it was, it may have even been late 50s, um, there was a scene of quite a... Uh, quite the horror scene, a, a true crime horror scene. Um, uh, I won't say too much, but I, I basically interviewed uh, the perpetrator called Arthur Seaton, uh, Streeton, sorry, Arthur Streeton. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll play that now. This is my interview with Arthur Streeton of Wyala, Victoria, Australia. Is, is the tape rolling? Yes, it is. Go ahead, Arthur. Okay. It was a long time ago, I I think I was maybe 11 or 12, I'm not too sure, but I went and stayed in my grandmother's place, she was a lovely lady, she lived out in a regional area of Australia, 
in a big old wooden house, beautiful property, with an old cornfield out the back. There was no corn in the field anymore, it was just an old field, but it still had the scarecrow in the middle of the cornfield. A scarecrow my grandmother had made, you know the kind. Just old clothes, stuffed with straw, hung up on a crucifix type thing. Anyway, I stayed there for a school holiday. And one night I was fast asleep and I was suddenly woken by the sound of a woman screaming. I was so scared. I called out for my grandmother but she didn't come to me, and still I kept hearing the woman screaming. I remember shaking so badly with fear, but the screaming continued. I climbed out of my bed and went down the stairs calling for my grandma, but still she did not come. I took hold of the hatchet that was by the wood pile we used the hatchet to cut up the wood for kindling for the fire in the big old wooden house. I went outside and the screaming was more intense. I followed my young ears and I could tell it was coming. The screaming was coming from the cornfield. I walked out into the cornfield, shivering with cold and also with fear. The hatchet held firmly in my hand. I continued to follow the screaming and it got louder and louder and more intense. Tears filled my eyes. I was only young. After a little while, I found the, I found what was screaming. A scarecrow in the middle of the field screaming at me. I took the hatchet and I swung as hard as I could and I hit it hard and then I struck it again and the screaming intensified even more. I just kept swinging the hatchet again and again and again and then I started to scream. After some time the screaming stopped and I fell to my knees. I don't know how long I was there, but I remember crying so much that my chest and my heart and my throat hurt. Finally, I picked myself up and ran back to the big old wooden house, climbed into my bed and fell asleep. In the morning, policemen stood above my bed and took me by my hand led me into the cornfield, the old cornfield behind the big wooden house. They led me to the center and they showed me my grandmother strung up like a scarecrow with a hatchet in her chest. It's the fly on the wall motherfucking podcast. Hey, 
And we're back in Big Woz. If someone would like to send us uh, pictures of themselves dressed up with weird Hessian sacks over their heads and uh, or maybe even dressed as mangle wurzels, uh, where can they email us, Warren? They can email us at the fly on the wall podcast. 11gmail.com. If they wanted to get to us on Instagram, it would be. Fly on the Wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words. Feel free to, um, yeah, send me pictures, send me stories, send me anything you like. Uh, we've had people in the past send us selfies um, on the toilet. We've had, oh, we, recently we've had, um, you know, our friend Bjorn Stormborn Warren. Of course. I took to Hello, call, Bjorn. I took to call him Bjorn Stormbottom, um, but all in good jest, of course. Um, he sent us, remember at the very early days of the podcast, Warren, he sent us a list of things he wanted us to discuss. Well, I'd asked him recently if he has another list, not because we're running out of ideas, mind you, um, just, oh, no, I just no, thought no, to get him involved because he's a good guy, and I know he's an avid listener as well, so hello, Bjorn. Um uh, I asked him if he wanted to uh, send us another list, which he did. So there's quite the lengthy list. I reckon we could probably break it down to a few episodes. But uh, yeah, so I reckon we'll tackle them in a later part. But for now, it's more Halloween. What do we got? What do we got for the uh, listeners now, Bwaz? Well, actually, I did have a couple of stories as well. But what I thought, just because you brought up uh, Wyala, oh yeah. And- and we heard from Arthur Streeton uh, and your interview with him just then. Yep. I was t- going to talk about the apparently the most haunted town in Australia. Oh, okay. Is that not? It's not Beaconsfield, is it? No. Okay. Okay. You go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, what? It's probably open to conjecture from people. You know, they're going to say, "No, my town's the most fucking scary." <laughs> yeah. Like I said earlier, there's always someone out there who's trying to top everyone else. No, nah, no, nah, mate. Mate, I was scared shitless in bloody Bendigo just last fortnight. That's right. And and I bet there's probably people out there in the world, perhaps not local to Australia, thinking, "No, Wolf Creek would have to be the scariest, wouldn't it?" Although I but, think I think but- somewhere like Salem in America, that would be kind of creepy but because of the history and the past there we've talked about before with our witches episode. I agree. Well, you know, like we've talked about with uh, Port Arthur. Ah, yeah, the, yeah. I've got a Port Arthur know, one coming up. There are places that, that would have so much history to them, even yeah. for Australia, that they would be quite scary. But Kapunda in South Australia yeah, has had an honour of being the title of the most haunted town in Australia right. after a a television documentary focused on the town. It had an old uh, reformatory there, and actually, because the, the locals were so bothered by the fact that they were titled the most haunted town, they had it bulldozed, very sadly. Oh, <laughs> that's a bit rough. But uh, some of the locals Hang there... On, sorry, t- sorry to stop you. Is a reformatory, you mean like for a, like a boy's home? Is that what that is? Like a detention centre for boys? Is that what that is? I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I actually, I've been meaning, I would like to look into it further. It was a little bit of a, yeah, um, yeah late in the piece, that uh, discovery. So I'm, I'm actually going to read that out of my own interest as well. So if I find out more, I'll tell you. But, um, yeah, so some of the locals still do actually believe in a lot of the ghost stories popular in the town. Um, it's also, it's got like a lot of old housing and a lot of old buildings around there. So I think... Uh, it's just one of those towns with so much history that people imbue it with a, a lot of spookiness as well, based on you know some of the historic tales. But also, sadly, in 2010, um, 
it increased its reputation in that part of things because a young man, a 20-year-old man, actually killed his parents and teenage sister there oh, in a manic uh, triple murder uh, in the town as well. And I think, you know, as far as it's actually quite remote and, and quite small, the fact that it's had a triple murder there with that reputation certainly yeah. doesn't help to dispel that myth yeah. around so, yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, Australia has many ghost towns, mainly based around the loss of industry, uh, gold rushes gold that have rush. come. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, the drying up of, of riverbeds and, and places where maybe there used to be a bit more healthy, uh, like, grasslands and, and areas where you can... Infrastructure and stuff, yeah. Yeah, right, raise your, your livestock and everything and crops. And, yeah, the area just died. You know, environmentally, it couldn't support it anymore. So there are a lot of towns out there that are classed as ghost towns because the population is either zero or much lower than the buildings that are there in the town. So I wonder if uh, uh, I wonder if you go to those places, and yeah. like say if you went to Kapunda, um, yes. like the, the scariest place in Australia, then I wonder if all the locals are like really like they've, they're forcing a smile. Like, g'day, g'day. Uh, you want some fairy floss or you want to come for a ride on a fairy, fairy go round, merry go round. Like, I wonder if they're really forcing the positivity and happiness to try and, you know, mask the creepiness of the whole place. You know what I mean? It would scare me more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It would really work against them. They just got these really broad smiles with their pitchforks and their, like, you know, overalls on and their straw hats. And they're like, hey, how you going? You want a beer with me? Oh, this pub's been here for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, really trying to push home that it's a good place. I'm sure it is, Kapunda people. Hello to all our listeners from Kapunda. <laughs> Kapunda listeners. I reckon there's one main guy who's, like, the mayor, and he has... He's really trying to improve the name of the town. Yeah. But it's quite clear that all he's doing is adding to the spooky kind of background history of it. By He's always present in every building that a tourist shows up in. <laughs> he just pops up. But he might have a, like a, a really clever disguise, like a little moustache or a hat. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, I've, I've been the, uh, the station master here for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look remarkably like the post office master as well. <laughs> right, the general store owner, he runs the tavern, yeah. uh, he also runs the hardware store down the street, he runs the petrol station. He's the he local uh, lady of the night. <laughs> 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 he works at Jezebel's, the brothel. I've got this... Uh, Look, I've been to, you know, a couple of little backwards, well, not backwards, but little very quiet country towns in the past. And the thing you tend to find, and this is this is the spookiest part of these kinds of towns for me, you go into like a roadhouse or a, a petrol station, a gas station, and it's quite a large store. It's probably was built there in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. And quite big like the size of the building when you walk in it's got that 60s feel but they often don't have a hell of a lot on the shelves do they is the point that i was about oh, sorry to make. sorry yep yep okay so they've got all these gondolas uh, uh racking and shelving and you go to find something it's literally like four things are along that entire <laughs> shelf. Yeah. tin of dog food that's been there since 1974 yeah there's 
the same toothpaste brand in a box that looks like it was from 1981 and it's still got the same cheesy guy. Like, it's so sparse that you're a little freaked out by the fact that they're still offering it for sale. And they're like, uh, they're offering like video cassettes to hire for the night and it's got like Turner and Hooch, Tango and Cash. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, that's uh, that's Kapunda and many other places in Australia. No what doubt. Was that? You know, uh, a few years back, Warren, I think it was two thousand four, when you and I went away for like a dirty weekend together, um, and we went up to Sydney on a road trip. Where did we stay? We stayed at a place. Was it Eden or somewhere like that? We stayed at this little country town. We camped. Do you remember? I remember the town, but it wasn't Eden. I remember that. Oh, okay. Did it begin with A? It might begin with A. Anyway, but do you remember we went to the cinema there? Yeah. Yep. I can't remember what we saw. Do you remember what we saw? It was a samurai movie. Oh, okay. Okay, like a Jet Li samurai type movie, was it? It was actually one of the, the greats. It was one of the, the classic uh, actors of samurai movies. It was the blind uh, samurai. Oh, okay. But I just In remember that- I just remember the um, – are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Oh, sorry, the phone made a weird noise. I remember the old cinema house was like, yeah, it was quite an eerie place. It had that really old wood and leather sort of smell, like a bondage parlour, you know? <laughs> I can't say I've had that smell in my nostrils. Don't before. lie, Warren. <laughs> you run one. You run one. <laughs> but it was, it, was a, well, it was a strange old place, a theatre house. It was. It actually had a, a, a bit of charm, though. I must admit, I quite liked it. Yeah, I, yeah, I liked it too. I like, oh, as you know, I like being scared. So it was kind of a creepy feeling in there. But you know, your hand on my thigh really reassured me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always make sure to try and make you feel as comfortably physically your, uh, as possible. Your whiskers in my ear—that was uh, <laughs> that was really comforting. <laughs> well, what, what I said to you, what you like, um, and this is kind of it both excites you and scares you. I've found is that because of the, the movie, it was in subtitles, and you you wanted to kind of channel the blind samurai. Yeah. And I said, all right, okay, okay. Well, just keep your eyes closed. <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happens throughout the movie. But just really, really close to my ear, like, yeah, really so close, the samurais, like... are, they got their swords out, Luke. And, uh, <laughs> they're wearing these little skirts and it's, uh, it looks good. <laughs> and then, and then, chop, chop, oh, chop. Chop again. Yep. He's killed them all. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great night. It was a great night. Uh, all right. We'll, um, we'll uh, uh, have another little short break, and we'll come back with some actual scary stories. With some spooky stories. Okay, I'm going to tell you all. I just woke up, so I'm going to try to make this sound good. Hold on. Good morning from the Ozarks, Missouri. This is Emily, and you're listening to Fly on the Wall Podcast. Uh, Stand by for dead air. What's the Twitter, Warren? Oh, oh, absolutely. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at FlyOnTheWallP01. How is the Twitter sphere going? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's climbing up steadily, mate. Steadily, oh, we're actually almost at six hundred and sixty. Oh, lovely! That's followers. kind of that's kind of where we are with the Instagram too. Um, it's interesting to me because we'll suddenly gain like six followers, and then the next yeah. day, 
eight people have gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, they suddenly realise what we're about. Yeah, these guys are yeah. actual dickheads. Like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for actual dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> I was being polite. I thought they were nice, gentle Australian folk. And what I found out shocked me <laughs> to the core. <laughs> really serious. Because you know what? They liked my picture of my meal that I had at the Canterbury <laughs> Hotel the other day. So I thought, yeah, I'll give them a go. But they are actual dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> and quite frankly, the cat's anus picture was offensive to me in a way I've not been offended for many years. Since the war. That was my favourite picture, actually. But um, Of course it was. <laughs> let's get into some bloody horror stories, Warren. I'll start no and I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with some that uh, people have told me. All right. So friends or family or even a neighbour. I'll start with the neighbour one that she told me just the other day. I was I was telling her the story about how I forced my younger child my youngest child to eat watermelon. My youngest loves her food, right? Loves it, as you know, probably Warren. And uh so when she was about two, I cut up some watermelon for her and I said, Here, I tried this and she's like, eh like shook her hand like eh and I'm like, No, you're gonna eat it and she's like, eh so I basically squeezed her cheeks together and pushed in a bit of watermelon. Um, some people would call that abuse. But then her little face just lit up, lit up. And she was like, mm, nom, 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 nom. And she loves loves watermelon ever since. So I did the right thing. Yeah. So I told that story to the neighbour. I don't know why. She was there. I was there. So what better reason? Um, and then, hey, watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you look like a lady who loves watermelon. And she's like, no, actually, I prefer mango wurzel. Um, <laughs> but she um, then she told me this story, and I thought it's very fitting for our Halloween horror, spooky, creepy special. Was this admitting to a... A dead husband? No. Um, But she told me a story. She works at a a gymnasium, and every year they have, like, a bit of a a Christmas get-together, like a lot of places, and they put on, like, fun games to do, and it might be, like, you know, old-fashioned ones like bobbing for apples or walking on stilts or skipping or whatever. You know, a whole bunch of just sort of... um, uh, tame and friendly sort of stuff to do. Anyway, someone had the idea of let's cut a watermelon in half and then tie our hands behind our back and have two people try to eat at like eat the watermelon together. So from the one half, if you know what I mean. So kneel, kneeling down, watermelon on the floor, and then like chowing into it with just their mouths, right? right? So one, okay. one, you've got to contend with the watermelon slipping around, and then two, you've got to try and push your face into it, and then you've got the other person there. So picture that in your head, right? Anyway. Yeah, great for hygiene, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely not a game for during COVID time. But anyway. <laughs> So they're getting stuck in and they're all laughing. Everyone's standing around having a good time, blah, blah, blah. And then finally the time's up. They've got like, you know, five minutes to eat as much as they can. They stand up and they realize there was a girl and a guy doing it. They realize the girl has got a severe blood nose and it's been dripping down her face and obviously into the watermelon and they've been eating it. Oh, no. Obviously, because the flesh of a watermelon is red, they didn't pick up on it. They didn't see it. So they basically chowed down on watermelon soaked in blood, nose blood as well. Fuck. (laughs) Which is only second to period blood, I'd say. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And what it needs is, you know what would have been spookier? Yeah. If he was completely unfazed. He just, like, licked his lips and going, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he 
says, fear not, young lady, I am not perturbed while I enter. I love a good blood clot. Um, yeah, so, so I like that one. And straight away, as soon as I heard it, I thought, yeah, it's perfect for the Halloween special. Um, Fuck, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, do you want me to tell another one, or have you got one lined up there, be was? Well, you can tell another one, and I'll get my one ready. All right, so this is one that the wife told me. Um, years ago, she went to Port Arthur, in, which is in Tasmania here in Australia, which was a, a convict uh, settlement um, and prison, basically. Um, and also in 1997, was it, Warren, the, uh, the scene of a horrific um, mass uh, murder by Ma- Martin Bryant, but... Um, which was horrible, but this um, this story relates to the convicts that were once there. Now, so the wife went on a um, a school trip over there, and they were all telling ghost stories. And the, you know, the people doing the tour guiding and the leaders of the group, they told this story. They were staying in a particular cabin, like a like a almost like a miner's cottage type thing that was owned by uh, or, or um, some of the convicts used to live in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this this group leader told them that one a few years before there were renovations being done on these places, and the people doing the renovations had decided, well, we may as well just stay here, we may as well sleep and camp down in these old cottages, and the particular cottage that my wife was staying in. And uh, one night, one of the workmen woke up screaming, um, oh. "Get it off me! Get it off me! Get it off me!" And the others were like standing around and saying, what's going on? What's going on? Because they couldn't see anything. He goes, I can't, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Get it off. And they're like, what is going on? So they just decided, they didn't know what to do. So they just grabbed him by his ankles, dragged him out of the, the little house thing. And suddenly the pressure was gone. He could breathe. And it turns out, well, this is how the story goes, that there was a, a very large convict that had died there back in the day. And he was prone to sitting on people. Right. <laughs> so the, what they're I saying can't... is the ghost of that convict was obviously sitting on this workman and uh, he couldn't breathe until they dragged him out of the, the little hut there. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty spooky. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I've heard of sleep paralysis and, and stuff like that, but to have it combined with the tale of that haunting... Yeah, morbidly obese ghost laying on you. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes me think of a story I was told when I was in Cubs, in a Cub group, yeah. when I was a young fella, and we, we did like a bush camp one time, but we were staying in this, um, it's like a hall, but we'd gone for a walk and we got to this, uh, like a gate that closed us off from going down this other part of a track. And there was like a small old timber hut a little further down the track and you couldn't see any features. It was far enough away. But, and it's it sort of slightly in view as it passed around a bend. But the guy, obviously, you know, they were telling us for a reason. So we didn't actually try and go out of bounds, I guess. But yeah. they were talking about this uh, hermit that lived there in the hut and that hermit would walk around the perimeter of the camp, you know, at all hours of the day and night and basically spook out anyone who was found, you know, where they shouldn't be. And, you know, being an impressionable nine or ten-year-old kid. Yeah, that's creepy. You believe it. And we're all looking at this hut like, oh, Jesus, yeah. 
I remember that night when we were all sleeping in the hall, it was kind of like we were packed in there like sardines, really. And they were trying to get everyone to calm down, settle down. It was pretty loud. There's maybe 50 boys in there. And what they were doing is if people were talking too much, they sort of started saying, oh, the hermit will come up. You oh, know, fuck yeah. It wasn't like noise at night. And we'd be like, oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, we'd all sort of quite... <laughs> you all shut the fuck up, yeah. I remember somebody was making a bit of noise. What actually happened was um, one of the leaders actually picked him up by the feet in the sleeping bag. Oh, Jesus. Like, it was supposed to be funny, but can you think, like, after the storytelling... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hermit's the, got me! The hermit's got me! The kid fucking started screaming at the top of his lungs because it was like... <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, that would scare the shit out of you. Fuck up after that straight away. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, now, I've got a, uh, I've got a couple of stories, actually. Yep. That, uh, I think this one's, there's one true story that was online, and then there's also, um, like a, a fictional one. I don't have a lot of historical ones, because, you know, I'm just a, a very, a, a non-spooky person. No, that's okay. <laughs> okay, so growing up, my bedroom was the only one that faced the front of the house, uh, at the street. When I was about eight or nine, I woke up to my dad calmly but firmly telling me to get up, go in the bathroom and shut the door. I was annoyed because I was half asleep, but I listened. Apparently, I was more tired than I realized because I fell asleep on the bathroom floor. The next morning, I asked my mum what had happened. She seemed oblivious and confused. I looked at my dad like she was crazy and I asked him, why he'd woken me up. He denied doing it. I was becoming frustrated to the point of tears, but I ultimately let it go. Fast forward to college. I was home one break and I decided to ask again. I'd thought of that night off and on for years and it still bothered me. This time my dad goes, oh, I was wondering if you even remembered that. Turns out that a lot of houses on your block were being vandalised and robbed all those years ago. Someone had broken into the garage and was inside the house. My room was partially over the garage. My dad had heard what had happened and quietly had woken me and got me to safety. They were called, police were called, the guy ran, he was never caught, but they didn't want to terrify their kids, so they never told them what happened. Jesus. So they all had this memory of being woken in the middle of the night and told to hide in the bathroom. Yeah. Never ever knowing why. Which wow. Which is Spooky in itself, like that's not the spookiest story, but it's the idea, like imagining as a kid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, being this memory where your mum and dad have denied it, like every every time you've asked, they're just like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea," because they didn't want to freak the child out, but in their own way, kind of scared the shit out of you anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, that is. That's why, like, I tell the kids that I'm actually a circus performer when they've walked in with me with like a ball gag in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just juggling balls. <laughs> they're not very used to it, so now they're just like, your dad's, dad's practicing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why have you got a tail, Dad? <laughs> uh, have, you got, uh, have you got a tail? Because I've got another, like, short story. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll jump in with another. This one's... Um, Kind of funny, but kind of scary. Uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with told me this one <clears throat> a while back. 
Um, the story goes like this. Um, a man who, uh, on the way to his, um, his train station to go to work, he used to have to walk past a lunatic, a, a mental asylum. And every single day he was walking past and he'd, they'd all be out, all these, all these mental patients, um, would be out in the, uh, the yard and they're all chanting 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. And he was like, what is going on? And every single day, he'd walk past and they're doing it, shouting out that number over and over again, 20, 20. He was like, and then one day, after a couple of weeks of this, he'd had enough. He like, so he, so he went over to the gate, opened the gate. Suddenly, they all charged him, grabbed him, put him in a straitjacket, and then all started chanting, 21, 21, 21. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> over to you. Oh, fuck. That's good. I like that simple. But, uh, <laughs> and it would be scary. Imagine being grabbed by a bunch of lunatics and then putting in a straitjacket. <laughs> uh, anyway. So- this one's called I Sat on the Bus, and it's by an Isaac Cook, and it was written in 2015. I sat on the bus on my way to school, listening to music and paying little to no attention to the other students. At one of my stops, uh, sorry, at one of the stops, my mind snapped back to reality. I looked towards the small house, Tommy's house, I thought. A hand slipped through the drapes of the window and waved the bus driver to move on. Oh, he's sick. I thought, paying no large amount of attention to the, situ- to the situation. The day flew by. I watched the local news channel after school and what I heard paralysed me. Tommy's entire family was murdered that day by an unknown suspect. After hearing this news, I moved back up to my room and quietly fell asleep. The next day, I sat on the bus. We drove past Tommy's house and the bus driver, unaware of Tommy's family's fate, stopped at his home. I was about to get up and explain to her what had happened, but something caught my eye. A pale hand slipped through the drapes of the window and waved the bus driver to move on. Oh, Jesus. I sat on the bus, terrified. Wow. And that's the end. <laughs> yeah, that's a creepy one. I like that. That's not too bad, is it? Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I've got um, another one from this is uh, another mental hospital one. From Bartonville Mental Hospital in Illinois comes the story. I think you'll like this one, Warren. It's kind of sad, this one. Uh, Comes the story of Old Book. This patient assisted in the burial of many other inmates and was known for wailing uh, uh, pitifully for their deaths. Um, At his own death, the wailing was even louder, and many doctors, nurses, and other witnesses reported looking over at the graveyard uh, elm tree to see old books ghost crying in anguish. I think anything spiritual like that making a sound would terrify the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have you got another one? I I was actually just going to talk about uh, a a historical uh, ghost story. Okay, yep. But not much an actual story. This is about the Bell Witch. Have you heard of the Bell Witch? Oh, it rings a bell. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even mean that. I just suddenly was saying the words and saw the comedy genius in it. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can ring my bell. You can ring my bell. My bell. Remember that song? Remember? Yeah, that's not the stinkiest song you could have thought of with bells in it, is it? <laughs> yeah. Go. Okay. So, um, the Bell Witch is actually, I think it's quite a well known tale in America. But it and it also influenced a few more modern tales, apparently like Blair Witch uh, Project, etc. So, uh, like most supernatural stories, certain details vary from version to version. But the prevailing account is that the Bell Witch claimed to be the spirit of Kate Batts, a mean old neighbour of a Mister John Bell, who believed she she uh, sorry who believed she was cheated by him in a land purchase. On her deathbed, she swore that she would haunt John Bell and his descendants. The story is picked up by the Guidebook for Tennessee, published in 1933 by the Federal Government's Works Project Administration. Uh, Betsy Bell, Queen of the Haunted Dell. Um, so it's the human interactions with the spirit date all the way back to 1817. And I think it was given a little bit more weight uh, and believability by former president uh, Andrew Jackson oh, because he okay. yeah was quoted as saying, I had rather face the entire British army than to face another night with the Bell Witch wow. after he, some of his troops had spent a night at the Bell's farm. Wow, that's creepy, isn't it? Yeah, sort of known for wailing, the clanging of bells, the rattling of, of you know, bones together, yeah. tapping on windows, all, all that stuff that you think, you know, I guess, you know, during the daytime, you go, oh, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, in the depths of the night, yeah, with no practical explanation, it would be quite terrifying. And Everything would be scarier. As well. It would be fucking scary as fuck. Because, yeah, if you remember the uh, the... the the Blair Witch Project. In I terms do. Of, yeah, we watched it not so long ago, actually. Ah, oh, there you go. And it's very effective in its minimalistic uh, elements. It's oh, more sure. the story. It's more the background, the history, and then the setting itself. You don't see anything of this this person, this character, this evil spirit, but it's everything else around it that makes it so terrifying and the confusion of the, the people going through the experience too. So... Yeah, I could believe that that's something that would endure in that area. And I don't know, something about something called the Bell Witch. And now, and I don't know if this has anything to do historically with the story, they've moved the museum and the display about the Bell Witch into a cave. Oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. Look, the Bell Witch Cave. Yeah, I'd go there. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> it's... You hear it, you go, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't mind checking that out because it's got the right kind of vibe to it. <laughs> I think that I, I think this one of the scary things for me is the fact that the uh, Andrew Jackson, the president, that he yes. he put weights behind it with his own writings. I think that's kind of creepy. I think that adds a lot more to it, you know. Well, that's right. I mean, if uh, anyone like that, like the leader of an yeah. army or yeah. someone in a position like that, you you expect to hear. Something with a little bit more credibility. So yeah. for him to, yeah, I'm sure everyone went, okay, well, let's remind me in the future not to go to the Bell's Farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, 
if you could avoid it, uh, I would. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's, I might that's have me, to, mate. Uh, that's... Yeah, I might have to Google the Bell Witch. Um, okay, I've got uh, one more. Uh, this is uh, this right. isn't my own. This is um, or a friend of mine or anything like. This is purely from online. Um, but I just liked it. It's got got the right amount of chill to it. <clears throat> um, let's see. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived for a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring its dusty corners and climbing the apple tree in the backyard. But our favourite thing was the ghost. We called her mother because she seemed kind and nurturing. Some mornings, Betsy and I would wake up and on each of our nightstands, we'd find a cup that hadn't been there the night before. Mother had left them there, worried that we'd get thirsty during the night. She just wanted to take care of us. Among the house's originals, uh, original furnishings was a, an antique wooden chair, which we kept against the back wall of the living room. Whenever we were preoccupied watching TV or playing a game, Mother would inch that chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she'd manage to move it all the way to the centre of the room. We'd always, we always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us after all. Years later, long after we'd moved out, I found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, a widow. She'd murdered her two children by giving them each a cup of poisoned milk before bed. Then she'd hanged herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse's living room with a woman's body hanging from the beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was that old wooden chair placed exactly in the centre of the room. (laughs) <laughs> that's very good I that's, like that's that That's creepy uh, And as soon as I said mother You probably thought of that movie um, Mama Which is called Mama I love that yes. movie I reckon that is is it. Obviously And you're probably the same Being you know Wise old dogs that we are now um, It takes a hell of a lot more To impress us Or scare us with a movie and yeah. uh, and but that one, I think that came out like 2014, 2015. That yeah. one definitely got me. Um, that creeped me out. That one, Mama. Well, I think when, once you know that uh, there were children, yeah, involved, and they were essentially, uh, it was inexplicably like that they were alone for a number of years. Yeah, and you had no other reason to believe anything else was there looking after them yeah like there were a lot of elements to that that had you on edge and then that dawning realization about the spirit there plus i think any any kind of humanoid form that runs at you on all fours is fucking yeah. scary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean it goes without a doubt yeah yeah absolutely uh <coughs> excuse me um, let's uh, let's have another break and we'll come back let's... with uh, what would you do if? What do you reckon? Well, yeah, sounds good, mate. Sounds oh, great. What would you do if? Okay, so this is what would you do if? Basically, this is a little funny segment we've put together where I ask a, qu- a question of Warren. What would you do if da da da? And Warren asked me a question. What would you do I'm if etc. etc. Et yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can go first, big waz. Okay, mate. Well, p- pretty much what I've done here <laughs> is just p- put Halloween there as the time of year that it's happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're approaching Halloween. It's about Let's call it maybe five years from now. Right. All right. And uh, 
what you've done is you've you've set your your sights on a target. Like you really like the Mustang Fastback, but you've always really liked. You've yep. always liked. Is that the one that is the, the Mustang Fastback? Yeah, yeah. Fastback? My favorite vehicle. Yep. Yeah, that's a vehicle. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you've you've saved up, you've scrimped and saved, and you finally put yourself in a position where the missus has said to you, "Yeah, yeah, you know what? You should you should go out." You know, and get it this weekend. It's uh, it's Halloween this weekend, and all the people will be out and about, dressed up, going around. How cool would it be to have your black Mustang fastback yeah. and do? Yeah, that's right. Like, put some cool little like flags on it, like little spooky flags and a skull on the, the bonnet, and just take it out for a cruise. I don't know about that, but and yeah, you're... I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I keep you pretty classic, man. pretty classic. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting into we're getting into the spirit of things. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's a real skull, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's better. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've 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 scrimped and saved, and you you've purchased it during the week. And you're like, yeah, oh, Friday, no, Saturday morning, I'm going to take it out. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> And you've got it all set up. You've got, all the, you've got some cool lights on there. You've done a few fancy little things, but they're all classy. And, yeah, it's literally the first weekend that you've owned the car, so you're, you're really set for a big weekend. Um, now, it's, it's late on the Friday hey, hang on, night. Sorry like to the, interrupt, sorry to interrupt. The no, level okay. of excitement I have in my person right now is unbelievable, Warren. You've really set the scene. I'm. I've got tingles. Oh, really? Yeah, I really Great. like the idea of being in that car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Okay, so it's it's late on the on Halloween night, right? It's like it's been trick or treating night, and you've actually been surprised. No one's no one's you know thrown a little bag of flour at it. No one's egged the car. <laughs> no one's done anything sneaky. Like, they've all come around, been respectful. They're like, oh, cool car, man. That's awesome. You're like, yeah, yeah, taking it for a cruise tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> just all calm about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're just, you're just really soaking it up. You're loving having it. You're really proud of yourself. <laughs> you, you know, the kids are all like, oh, this is so cool, Dad. And, um, in, like, during the night, you, you hear a bit of a disturbance. Right, and uh, like you, you've had lots of head turns that day. Just bringing it home, getting it organised, getting it off the, the flatbed truck or whatever, and getting it. There's been lots of people just come down to the end of the driveway. And they've walked over the crest of the hill and caught a bit of a look at this beautiful classic car. They're like, man, he's he's done all right. That's awesome. Anyway, so here's disturbance in the middle of the night. And you're like, your first thought is your eyes open. You're like, oh shit, you know the car's out there. The fastback's there. I'll fucking go check it out. So you grab your, you know, your baseball bat or whatever, or you just go out there in your jocks. You run out to the car. You got like your torch. You're flashing it around. You can hear like noises, but you can't work out exactly what's going on. You can't see anyone like in the car, um, and you can't see like a group of people or anything causing trouble. Anyway, all of a sudden, you look to the back, and somebody. It's fucking it's exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be straight away I'd be like, well, it's sloppy seconds, mate. I've already been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say. You totally chill. You're like, mate, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> That's my cum you're feeling in there, mate. <laughs> so the joke's on you, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so what would you do? <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, then I'd kill him and his whole family. 
<laughs> Hence the skull on the bonnet, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> That's right. That's a good one. Uh, oh, I really enjoyed that. The whole setting was really cool. I was there, Warren. I was fucking there. Yeah, yeah well, great. I know how much you you covered this car. You you want this car. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've covered it all right. Um, <laughs> I actually feel like... Uh, You'd forgive pretty quickly if it's only the exhaust. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't forgive, nah. I'd, no. I basically, what I'd do is remove him from the exhaust without <laughs> without his penis. You know what I mean? So the penis would oh. remain, but he wouldn't. So oh. and, then, and then I'd turn the engine on and burn the shit out of his little frizzle stick. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you do with someone who actually you caught doing that? to your car because we were quite a long time ago now we did have a talk about uh people that you know fall in love with inanimate objects and there are a great deal of people that you know have or get married to their motorbike or the car or whatever (laughs) have sex with the Eiffel tower yeah that's exactly so you know this is a real thing so finding someone actually fucking your car do you remember? What would um, you do to them? <laughs> you remember we had the we were talking about the torture. We had the torture episode a while back in our Circle of Life series. Yes. Do you remember we were talking about the tickler? <laughs> That's who I'm picturing. Who's fucking my car? The fryer tuck looking guy, the chubby little fryer tuck guy with the with the big blubbery lips and the little cheeky smile <laughs> and pudgy fingers. <laughs> oh, he's at it. He's he's hanging off the back tail in there. Oh, yeah, no, I'd kill him. Um, Okay, so this is is, uh, in the spirit of Halloween, definitely, right? Okay. So the month of October, right, is the Halloween month. It's uh, especially in America, you you know, bloody... The end of um, the end of September, you start seeing posts on Instagram from Americans about the the Halloween holiday, which is cool. I actually really enjoy it, uh, re- enjoying seeing what they put up and stuff like that. But anyway, here in Australia, not so much. But just for argument's sake, let's say the whole of October is Halloween. Is Halloween for us, right? Okay. Now, for some unknown reason, Warren, right? You're you're just living your life with your family and your beloved, right? And you're in your house, you've lived there for a couple of years, but then something happens this year, Warren. October 1st happens, and it's Halloween month, right? And the first thing that happens is you go to the toilet, and you get you get your old fella out to do a piss, and you suddenly hear... <laughs> in the walls. And it scares the fucking shit out of you, obviously. And of you're like what the and you straight away think oh it's one of the boys it's one of the kids it's fuck what was that about anyway so and because it alarmed you so much like when you heard the laughing you quickly tuck away your cock again but then you think oh bloody kids you know they're up to something they've got speakers in the walls or something so again you get your cock out to do a piss and, he... <laughs> and you're like what the fuck and you go outside and you'll go out to the rest of the family and you go what's going on and everyone's looking at you bemused like what what. Yeah, what's going on? Every time I'm trying to go to the toilet, someone's well, like, what's going on? And everyone was just shocked. Everyone's just like, Dad, don't know what's going on. So, and that sets the course for the whole month of October. Anytime, anytime you have your penis out, I don't want to get too rude, but even relations with beloved, when you, you just hear, <laughs> like, really, really fucking loud through the walls of your house all month. Every time, shower, toilet, sex. What do you do? I'd, I'd seriously consider moving out. 
Yeah? Would you, well, get, would you mean, get a priest in or something to do an exorcism? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't really put much stock in that kind of thing. Oh. I think if it was literally feeling like it was from the walls, because <laughs> uh, originally, you know, and I have to say this, Originally, it felt like my cock was alive and it's laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had something like the slug from Star Wars. Like, <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, it's just clearly, it's just clearly a, a demonic type ghost laughing at your penis every time you get it out. Look, I'm used to a lot of laughter at my penis, <laughs> as you would know. So for a while, it wouldn't bother me too much. You'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, good one, guys, and then just go on with it. But no, I think I think ultimately, if that was every time, it was out of my clothing. But only in October. Reason, only October. Yeah, I know, but a whole month, <laughs> a whole fucking month. And it was so, like it was like ear shatteringly loud, but no one else could hear it. Only you. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, I would probably have a pretty upsetting month because I think maybe the first year, yeah, I would I would try and tolerate it, and if no one else was <laughs> acknowledging it, yeah. if no one else acknowledged it, and, and I would think it was me, but I would be a little disturbed. Clearly, I would be really upset yeah, by that yeah. whole thing because I'd be thinking, well, you- something's wrong with me. Then wouldn't you um, like put on your headphones or something so you can't hear it? You can just hear Metallica yeah, while you're doing a piss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably start doing that, particularly if everyone had said they didn't hear anything at all. But then, then yeah, but then I'd some, probably start trying to work out strategies. Yeah. Somehow it just crackles into the frequency. It goes, no matter what you do, you can't avoid it. 31st of October, 1st of November, gone. It's gone. Completely no yeah. problem. And even if you're at work and you go to the toilet, it's with you. It's like this really weird demonic kind of possession, like, like you're possessed for that month with this laughter at your penis. The, the cock devil. Yeah. yeah, look, I think yeah. I think, I think, think in the second year, so even if I'd learned to manage it for the, the, the month of October in the first year, as soon as it came back on the 1st of October in on the second year round, I'd be like, oh, fuck, Here no, we go again, yeah. no. And I would have every idea that it was going to be then for the full month. So... <laughs> do you reckon you okay? Do you reckon you'd be scared or find it funny or just frustrating, or all above, all of the above? I think I'd be scared. Yeah, I don't know about frustrated. I mean, you can you know you can over- overcome <laughs> well, a lot of things. It'd put you off your game a bit if you're getting jiggy with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone laughing at you the whole time. <laughs> the entire act. Yeah, I definitely don't think I'd be performing very well, that's for sure. But I think <laughs> I think I think that um yeah, because this is now happening anywhere I am. Yeah, so exactly, I'm, exactly. I'm guessing I'd have to get a priest to exorcise my dick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, if it was a Catholic priest, I'm sure they'd be lining up. Oh, to I was about to say something <laughs> along those lines, but yes. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's it. You know what I'd do, ultimately? Yeah. I'd probably do what you guys did on Guy Fawkes Night. Yep. 
I'd tie it to a stake and I'd fucking set fire <laughs> set to it. Fire to, your <laughs> <cock>. <laughs> to try and yeah, to try and exercise the evil spirits and <laughs> yes. to buggery with the consequences. Yeah, but if you invite us all around, we'll make a night of it. It'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you like to get naked and stick sparklers up your ass, so we're all kind of in the same you know the same vein of uh, of uh, behaviour. And on that note, we'll go to a break and come back with final thoughts. Don't be a puss. A little dark humor never hurt anyone. So join me in listening to my favorite, hilariously offensive two Aussies. Fly on the wall podcast. This is Secret DeVos, and I approve this message. G'day, uh, g'day, Toby. Um, what do you think of the show, little man? I really enjoyed it tonight, actually. I, I tuned it on a couple of weeks ago and I caught that episode and I had a good old laugh for sure. And then, you know, subsequently after that, I had a couple more listens and look, you guys are a right couple of pair laughers, that's for sure. Oh, cheers, Toby. That's really nice of you to say so. Um, <laughs> did you end up giving us a review or um, a five-star rating or anything like that? Yeah, after the first one, I went straight to like Apple and I, I put a five star rating. I said, Yeah, I just, I love these guys. I love them. They make me laugh. They make me cry. They make me happy to be alive. Oh, that's really sweet, you little prick. Um, so, <laughs> so what is, people can go on iTunes, can they? Oh, fucking, look, fucking anywhere. You can go anywhere. iTunes, Google Podcasts, fucking Stitcher. There's Radio Public. There's, uh, what else is there? There's Anchor. There's Spotify. There's everything you can imagine. Give it a try on any podcast platform, and I'm sure you can find it there. If there's the option to rate it, give it a good old high rating just for the laugh, eh? But, but what I mean is your little girl's blouse is where can they uh, where can they give us a rating? Can they give us a rating on Spotify? Can they give us a rate? I thought it was only on iTunes. Yeah, it probably is, but, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> have a look anyway. Well, get your have facts straight, you little fucker, before you come on my show, all right? Uh, <laughs> final thoughts on tonight's show, Big Was. Oh, g'day. I'm glad he left. Um, yeah, he was a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it was good fun, though, <laughs> sharing a few Halloween tales, a few fictional and uh, truthful stories there as well. Um, if you have anything that you want to add about Halloween, if it's your favourite time of the year, let us know on any of the uh, aforementioned contact ways because we would love to hear your stories or something that scares the fuck out of you. I've got a all right. one big question left for right. uh, this Halloween special, Warren. Um, yes. If you were going to go out trick-or-treating, what would you dress up as? What would be the ultimate costume for you, do you reckon? The ultimate costume? Yeah, like, and it, and it doesn't need to be something, like, don't think, oh, what can I make with the bits and pieces I've got at hand? Don't think like that. <laughs> Just think the ultimate. Like, what would, if you could have anything and everything, what would it be? Something that would scare the fuck out of people. So I think I'd have to be some sort of disjointed, multi-limbed oh, yeah. uh, spider creature. That's cool. Yeah, And I'm able to turn, like, I'm somehow able to make it look like my head turns around. (laughs) And so, like, I just, I crutch my way to their door and I'm, like, maybe, um, maybe two metres or more high. And then I knock at the door with one of these limbs and then they come in and I just, like, bow down. (laughs) Because that would scare the fuck out of pretty much anyone, I'd imagine. That is creepy. I like that. Imagine watching that walking along the street to trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
Any, anything, How did you like it? Anything, How about you, mate? Anything that creepy, like anything that's really going to instill fear into someone is is cool. Like, yes, you can dress up as like a Smurf or, you know, Fairy Godmother or whatever, make it all nice. And, of course, there's kids around. But and that's I, all fun. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I think, yeah, personally, I would go as something really fucking scary, which would be a massive dildo, Warren. That would be terrifying. Just <laughs> run at people, run at people, and have like a little uh, have like a little control device in my pocket where I squeeze it, and all this white goopy foam comes out the top of it, and I just run at people and just jam it at people, like knock down their doors like an old siege weapon, you know, castle siege <laughs> weapon, and just just charge at people with it. <laughs> you've actually you've actually given this quite a lot of thought. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What if? What if? Um, what if you, you know, uh, on your adventures, like there was this large manor house and it was quite foreboding, but you are in a, a pretty excitable mood and you're clearly enjoying using your uh, massive ram raider to, to knock on people's doors and make a bit of a general fool of yourself. You go to this store and it's answered by uh, a guy dressed as a massive asshole. Oh, that's cool. Match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, would you give him a big hug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd be inside oh, I saw him within minutes. Steaming white foam, you little fuck. <laughs> yeah. Nah, in all honesty, I reckon, and it sounds really simple, I really like the creepy, doing the creepy thing, but I actually quite yeah. like the idea of being just like a gorilla. So, like, no one knows who I am. But well, you I, don't have to do anything, mate. <laughs> but I can run around the streets acting like a gorilla and still scaring people because I reckon a big fucking hulking gorilla is yeah. kind of creepy and kind of, you know, it's, it's come barreling towards you, like a, like a moving like a gorilla as well. Um, oh, using, it's the behaviour, yeah, that would be scary. Yeah, yep. and, like, imagine, like, um, you know, you knock on the door and someone, a little old lady answers the door and you're not there. The gorilla's not there. And she's like, hello, and she's got, like, a basket of lollies. And then I just come barreling out of the bush. Go, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Straight at her. I don't know what's scarier, that or a giant dildo, but either either would be cool. I think something like the the, the, the mannequin puppets or something like from Jigsaw and that would be cool. So if you oh, yeah. had like a remote control puppet set up on a bike, yeah. like a little tricycle. Oh, yeah. And, Drive and that like up to the door. Yeah, you were like hiding by the tree and you had that pedal up to yeah. the door. Let's play a game. There, and then when they answer it and they open it, it just tilts its head. Yeah, that's cool. You could really like fuck that. with people, couldn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I think that's the idea, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Or we could just set fire to people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> really fuck with them, you know? <laughs> yeah. I reckon uh, in this day and age where there's a lot of CCTV, you know, people have it at their houses on the front door, at you know, the front entrance. Um, you, you don't have to do anything that's actually damaging to freak people out. And there's a little bit of, you know, you've got to use your imagination and be patient. But to basically put on, um, like, maybe a hospital gown oh, yeah. and, and sort of make yourself <laughs> quite pale and sunken-eyed and a little disturbed looking, come and stand on their porch for about five hours of the night. Just staring at the, at the camera. At the camera and then go. Yeah. And just know that at some point in the future, they're going to be checking the footage of their camera. Look at this fucking guy. Look at this fucking guy doing. (laughs) (laughs) And they try and fast forward it. 
but all it, it shows it for five hours, yeah, just standing staring there. down oh, the Jesus. lens of the camera. Wow. Do you think that would ever be the same again? What would you do? What would you do if you had that? If you saw that, and what would you? What would your next step be? I think I would probably pay more attention to the next night because if it was around this time of year, I think okay, someone just you know try <laughs> five to hours. They're committed. I like it. They're doing a great job, yeah. but yeah, like they're obviously just fucking with me. But yeah, freaked out a little bit as well. So I'd probably be watching the tapes then for uh, you know maybe the week or two around that date. And if they weren't there again, I'd be like, all right, it was just someone dicking around. But if there was like some other rant, like if there was one other occasion where they did exactly the same thing, I'd be like, okay, that's a bit fucking weird now. They're committed to a point where I find that disturbing. Yeah. I'm going to have to, like, stake out the, the entranceway. Would you, um, would you like, weeks. call me and the boys up and we'd just wait for them in the bushes? Um, or would you call the like police? I do like the idea of, yeah, reciprocating the fear slightly, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. You're dressing up as, like, I don't know, like, just hooded. Like sexy nurses. <laughs> well, mate, with our figures yeah. and the body hair that we yeah, have, we scare the shit out of them. We just creep out of the bushes like um, like the nurses on the Silent Hill. We just creep, yeah. we just creep out towards them and just surround them. And he's like, "Oh, I'm just fucking around, guys." And we just go, "Oompa, oompa, doopadee." <laughs> <laughs> I think you wouldn't have to say I think the silence is the scariest part Yeah All you do is you just drag out a knife Yeah, that's cool, yeah And watch them fucking run <laughs> A knife as big as like a sword <laughs> Yes <laughs> Maybe like a blind samurai Oh, that'd, yeah, that'd be cool <laughs> Perfect <laughs> All roads lead to blind samurais, mate um, Yeah, that's it all right, that's us. That's been Fly on the Wall podcast, the Halloween special. We hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed the stories and the laughter and the fun and the ridiculousness. That's what we're all about. My name's Luke. And my name's Big Jess. Be good to yourselves. Be good to your goats. And we'll see you in episode 81 with a very special uh, little mini uh, podcast episode coming. We won't say too much more, though, will we, Warren? No, no, we won't. Special something, little special something. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had my dick out. (laughs) (laughs) Toodles.